Welcome to the Work in Progress podcast, where we keep our whip in check. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Work in Progress podcast, episode number 46. Now, as I launched this new and improved Work in Progress podcast, I have had so many fun things in store that I am excited to tell you all about, but it is going to include having some interesting and incredibly successful guests joining me. I'm excited to offer this new approach because I believe so strongly in hearing from successful people what the secrets are to their success, to learn from them, be inspired by them, and realize what it takes and how you can achieve what you want in this world. And more importantly, I want to learn the ways they've been a work in progress in their lives already, and in what ways they're a work in progress right now as they move forward in their continued success. You know, it's so easy for us to think that those who've achieved success have risen to the point where they're no longer growing or that their challenges are somehow easier or have gone away completely. But that couldn't be further from the truth, at least from my perspective. One could probably argue that the challenges just get bigger. They're different. They include things we hadn't planned on. There are downsides and some things are worse or just not as much fun. It's kind of like the example that I was given when I first went into business for myself. It came from a business book about a baker, and I don't know the name of that book to credit it properly here. I'll try to find out. But the concept was that when you you can be a great baker, but owning a bakery shop has nothing to do with baking cakes, and you may not even be the baker anymore. You need to decide if you want the things that come along with the next level and whether it's worth it to do the things that come with that territory. But as the challenges and responsibilities get bigger, in order to be successful, we must become better at managing them. And we get better at better at managing them because we've had more practice. We've built up the practicing muscles that it takes to get there. So it becomes easier to manage. But it doesn't change whether there are challenges, obstacles, big responsibilities, and things that just aren't easy or fun. So to get back on track with the podcast, as I begin in this great new direction, I created some of the common questions that I might be asking some of my successful guests in order to gain all the great insight that you and I would want to know about them. And then I realized that it's only fair if I answer these same questions for you from my perspective to kick things off. This is my chance to be an example and to set the tone to kick us off. So here goes. My first question would be to what do I attribute my success? What's the secret? My number one answer or my first answer, I'm not sure how they're ranked exactly. I'm going to call committed patience. For me, patience has always been a bit of a challenging word for me. And I realized the value of it, which is why I have named it here in a key to success. For me, it's committed patience because achieving goals takes time and patience. Being willing to sign up for that going in is a requirement. When I started the building company in the middle of the recession, 
It was the worst possible time to start a company. It was started with the objective of just making the best of the market and doing what we could. There was no desperation. There was no rush. And while we wanted to do everything we could to succeed, we also knew that any significant successes during that time were just icing on the cake. This attitude created an atmosphere of so much more freedom and so much more ability to think creatively, to come up with new and interesting ways of doing things. We were in the face of extremely challenging times. And the ways that it was always done before would not be what would work now. There were hard times and it was really scary sometimes. And we didn't know whether we would even stay in business. But the lesson is that we truly allowed ourselves the ability to think outside the box on purpose, very deliberately, knowing that it might not work or that it might. But we knew we would do everything we could to figure it out. We relaxed into the idea that we were testing and trying until we found something that worked. Desperation, need, urgency, and fear don't work to allow for that. That causes us to close off our ability to access that part of ourselves. Deliberately choosing committed patience to the long-term plan allows for creativity and resourcefulness to start. And throughout the entire process, through the ups and the downs, committed patience. Now, my second one is one I talk about a lot. So if you've been listening to me for a while, you probably won't be too surprised when I tell you this one. Number two for me is relationships. I'm telling you, in good times and in bad, it is the relationships you have created that will allow so many opportunities for you. Now, this does not mean things are one-sided by any stretch. I have created incredible partnerships with people who I understand and had created great mutual respect. This made for amazing partnerships towards success in the bad times and in the good times. Relationships are golden. When times are tough, you need each other, you work together. And when times are great, you celebrate together. It's all about relationships. Creating relationships takes effort though. And when you stay busy, when you work from fear and desperation, you can't focus on creating relationships. In fact, you may not even be giving the attention necessary to the relationships you already have in your life. We are people before we are business, and that's what I have always believed and lived into. It's relationships. So number three, I love talking about this one. This was a fun one. Number three is to evolve. Here's what I mean by that. The person I was when I started a small building company with nothing and two people is not the person I was by the time we sold the company of 50 plus people and over 85 million in annual revenues. We literally made $3,000 our first year and we were above 85 million in revenue in our in our final year. I, I just compared profit to revenue, but it doesn't matter. That's not the point. You get the point. It was tough and we were little and then we grew huge and it takes a very different person. And while I had to grow in incremental ways throughout the entire process, there were two significant times that are really worth noting when I had to decide to grow and really reinvent myself or I was never going to be able to get to the next level. And I'll expand on those two things in the next 
two points that I make, but this point is worthy of its own. Being willing to grow and feel the discomfort of growth is the key to change and new results. It doesn't feel good. I can't stress that enough. It won't feel good. Sometimes it feels utterly awful and horrific. And it'll be okay. Being willing to evolve and grow, knowing that and doing it anyway. That commitment to the evolution of yourself will take you anywhere. It's a superpower. But it does take practice. Lots of practice. And you need to decide that it's worthwhile in order to become who you need to become to get there. So the first lesson in evolving is actually point number four. And that was that I needed to lose the perfectionism. For me, it was around five years in with the company. My anxiety was through the roof by then with worry. By that time, we were no longer a little company with nothing to lose but our jobs. We now had built a significantly sized company and we had the most financial risk we'd ever had. I didn't sleep at night because my mind would just run with all the things that needed to be done, everything that wasn't being done right, all the things we need to do to get it right. Now, many of the people who work for me chose to do so because I was always talking about the importance of work-life balance. How ironic, because there I was not living it as an example for myself. And you may have heard this part of my story before, but one morning, my husband said to me, you don't do anything that you say you stand for. And I, my mind was blown. I, I, he could have hit me with a tree. I could have been run over by a truck right then. Because I had always thought that that only applied for them, not for me. But I knew I wasn't being an example. And not only that, I was emailing them in the middle of the night and constantly pushing everyone so hard because of how imperfect we were. This was not creating a culture that I claimed that I stood for. My need for perfection was now in the way of everything I truly wanted to create. I had to lose the perfectionism or I was going to lose people and probably my mind with stress. And who knows where the company would have gone from there. Perfectionism will only get you so far. That's my lesson. Then it becomes a chase and a run that you will never, ever win. And that is exhausting. Not to mention, doesn't get you anywhere that you really want to go. That was number four. Number five, the second lesson in evolving for me, was when we decided to strategize to create an exit plan to sell the company. And the lesson is learning to manage my mind. This meant going from being a small little local down-home builder to being in the big leagues. We had conference calls and meetings with the largest and most successful builders in the country and outside the country for that matter. I was very intimidated. It was classic imposter syndrome. I mean, what do I know and how will I be able to answer any of their questions? I'm not nearly as good or as successful as they are. Luckily, I had those experiences for several months for me to realize what was happening and how it was not serving me. The calls completely stressed me out. And as a result, at least in my mind, they didn't go as well as I would have liked. But then we had a meeting on the calendar for a really big dog out there for breakfast, face-to-face. 
I knew that this was where my opportunity for growth would be. I had to just be very honest and logical and take control of my thoughts. This is where the work I had been doing really came into play for me and changed my life forever to this day. Yes, he is extremely successful. One could argue that he is the most successful in the home building industry. At least one of them. All true. And he wants to have breakfast with me. With us. He wants to buy what we've created. He's the buyer and he's interested and loves what we have built. It is my job to proudly display that. The rest is history because he did. Learning to manage your mind through things that cause you stress, anxiety, imposter syndrome, whatever, is imperative for success in life, certainly not limited to business. It affects all aspects of your life because when you don't, you limit yourself, what you can accomplish and who you can become. Don't let your mind get in the way of your goals. So to summarize for you again, these are my keys that I have to remind myself of every day because I believe they are what allow me to see success. Number one, committed patience. Be willing and trust that you're committed for the long haul, the ups and the downs, in order to stay in a place of freedom and creativity without fear and desperation, so you'll have access to your very best mind for resourcefulness and strategy. Number two, build relationships. Connect with people, understand people, create partnerships and mutual respect with others to support each other. Number three, evolve. Be willing to change and be willing to sign up for all the discomfort that comes with it. You can't grow without changing and we can't change without getting out of our comfort zones. And Getting out of our comfort zones is uncomfortable and that is okay. Number four, drop the perfectionism. It's the worst suffering you can create for yourself. It is what causes you stress, anxiety, shame, pressure, and guilt, not just for yourself, but for others too. What you create is the opposite of what you intended. So dropping it all will free you of all of it. And it will allow you to create the life and relationships that you really want. Number five, manage your mind. Take full responsibility of what your brain is doing to you, saying to you, creating for you. You are responsible for your own feelings and what you can create in your life. And that is the best news. Nobody else will create it for you. You must question your own limiting beliefs about yourself and decide deliberately if you want to keep them. But as I mentioned, it all boils down to practice. I have overcome these things and allowed them to work for me through those challenges. But guess what? New challenges are ahead and I'm still evolving. Now that they are, this work will become just as necessary yet again for me. Now I've had more practice So that part will be easier, but that doesn't mean it will be easy. Practice being in discomfort. So who will you need to become to create the possibility for yourself and for your career, for your future? I will tell you my new goal is to create the best resource for the housing and home building industry for leadership development, training, and coaching. So who will I need to become to create that possibility? I'm a work in progress too, still, as long as I'm walking this earth, I will be. The first way I know I need to evolve 
is to be willing to put myself out there to as many people as possible. The funny thing is that while I am very good at building relationships, I hadn't created the skill yet for willingly pursuing and reaching out to as many people as I could. Live, in person, on the phone, on social media, all of those things, all the ways. On a podcast, (laughs) now I need to become a person who does. How else are they going to know I'm here? Then I need to be able to talk about myself and how much I love what I'm creating to support and bring value to them, to all of you. I've been an incredible salesperson in my life, but guess what? I was selling a product. I was selling homes. Now I needed to sell me. This was a very different place for me. And I was a little surprised at how uncomfortable it made me. I'll tell you why. I grew up with a belief system in my family that we don't brag about ourselves. We don't talk about our successes. It just isn't very kind or appropriate or polite. It's off-putting. Selling myself felt exactly like that to me, like I was bragging and being very conceited. It made me terribly uncomfortable. And I decided when I realized that, that I needed to change that belief And I'm still in the process of practicing creating a new belief system around that topic. I'm not willing to continue holding on to that belief or to allow it to limit my ability to create this company as a result. I'm not going to let that belief be what limits me from creating this company and bringing this value to everybody I know who could benefit from it. So I decided I don't want it anymore. And now I'm practicing creating new beliefs around that. And that doesn't happen overnight. It takes practice. And you can do exactly the same. Be willing to truly and honestly see who you need to become in order to accomplish what you want. And then look at why you haven't done it yet. It probably boils down to a belief that you have from a time and a place that may have been very positive and with very good intention. And it can also be the one thing that's limiting you that you can now decide is optional. You can just decide not to believe that anymore. And then you need to practice not believing it and believing something new. Once I work through these things, there'll be something else, at least for as long as I want to continue to grow and have goals to achieve. And that's what I'm signing up for. So I am really excited to have my guests ahead with me and all of us so they can share their secrets, all of them with us. Sure, we won't get all their secrets, but won't it be wonderful to hear what they have to say? I'm curious about what the similarities are going to be. Where are the overlaps? And definitely want to know the unique answers that arise. That's going to be so fun. I'm going to be asking them about their mentors and their role models. That's going to be really interesting to hear. And I want to know the tips they have to share and what books have been impactful for them. Who they, who are they reading? I'd love to hear about their failures the ones they've experienced and how things might have ended up working out perfectly as a result of them, even though they thought that it was a failure at the time, right? How fun is that? Basically, I look forward to gaining and learning all I can for myself and for you. And by the way, in case you didn't know, the work we do each day at Strive is exactly all of this. If you want to work on how to understand your mind so you can manage it and recognize limiting beliefs and how they're holding you back, that's what we do. If you struggle with perfectionism, this is the place to correct that. You will understand why you're a perfectionist, why it makes sense that you operate that way, and see how it works for you and how making a change will show you the possibilities that could be available to you. 
If you want to reach a goal, big or small, we focus on you becoming a goal finisher, not just a goal starter like many of us have been. We teach you how to embrace and appreciate the discomfort of getting there. So come check out Strive. I want to see you inside doing the work that it takes to get you to where you want to be so that you can create the life that you really want. And listen, keep following us because we're going to be announcing our really fun, incredible, amazing, successful guests who will be joining us very soon. I can't wait. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. If this podcast helped you, we'd love for you to subscribe and share with a friend who's a work in progress too. 